This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Welcome everybody, welcome all our Torah Anytime viewers. We are continuing tonight part two and hopefully the final part of the story of the Mabul, the flood. Uh, last time we left off was that, it, well let me give you a recap, let's not, let's do like a, a like previously on Torah Anytime's classes. Uh, so we had, uh, the world was a bad place. Uh, people were not doing what they were supposed to be doing. Uh, they not only were not doing what they were supposed to be doing, they were also doing what they shouldn't be doing. And Hashem got upset and He said, and He decided that up to here is enough and it's time to destroy the world. We're going to etch a sketch the entire world, start again from the beginning. And the ultimate purpose was not to destroy the world. Hashem ultimately wants everybody to do tshuva, to do repentance and come back and not need to go through any suffering, any pain or any tribulations that one needs to go through. However, they did not get the point. Uh, they waited. Hashem told Noach, says, build an ark, build a teva, and it's going to take you 120 years. That's how much time he gave them to go and to do tshuva and come back to, uh, to the right path. They didn't listen. In fact, they mocked him, they laughed at him, they made fun of him. So they, uh, you know, after 120 years came, uh, came by, uh, passed by, he was now 600 years old, Noach. And the Mesushalach, his ancestor, passed away. So Hashem told him, now I'm going to give you seven more days. Because you know, Hashem gives seven days after the, uh, a righteous man passed away. Seven more days were granted. They still did not do tshuva. And after that, the seven days, there were like, there were like things happening in the world that were like, you know, you gotta be dumb not to like realize that it's something supernatural. The sun rose from the opposite side and set on the opposite side. They started sort of seeing a like, convening of like animals from like all this scene, in my mind, just blows my mind when I do that. Like, and I think about this every time. It's like, you see, like, like you can't even imagine, like, computer graphics cannot even make it. You know how many animals are in the world? Have you ever actually thought about this? How many millions of species there are in the world? How many different types of ants there are, and bugs there are, and cockroaches there are, and mice there are? They're all coming together, like, from all angles to the, to the Teva. And everybody sees this. They're like, you know, like... They're in like some sort of warm climate, and all of a sudden a polar bear just like walks by. And, you know, then you have a giraffe like right behind it. And it's not like they were fighting each other, all the animals. They were all just like going into like, like, you know, there was a meeting. And like, yeah, I got, you know, hi, my name is Giraffe. You know, like everyone got their stickers and be like, I'm here for the ark, you know, two piece. Um, if you're kosher, you got seven of each. So the, the, the scene in itself is, is mind-boggling. But still, it, you know, it didn't go, they weren't like, well, maybe Noah was right for the past 120 years and he wasn't just off his rocker that he just decided that everybody, the whole world is gonna get destroyed. Cause now you have those people all the time. I don't know if you guys read the fake news's things, but there's like always somebody who's predicting like the end of the world is gonna be December 14, you know, whatever it is. And, and then when that comes, What's funny is that they don't climb under a rock and be like, they're like, no, 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 a new date is coming up. This is how you know, like, someone's like, you know, like, <laughs> so, like, he'll put in a date, it doesn't come. He'll be like, no, 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 wrong date, this is the new date. As if everybody will be like, okay, now you're right, because you're obviously, you know, one for one, two for two, uh, zero for zero. So, nothing was happening, nothing was changing, they kept on uh, uh, doing their sins, at, to, the, to the extent that it was actually the day that the Mabul was supposed to start, and it started raining. And Noah runs over to them, and he tells them, hey guys, listen, it's raining. It was a drizzle still. So they were like, you know, like, do tshuva. And he was, you know, they were like, nah, we don't need to, there's no need. And they didn't do tshuva. Until finally, the grace period completely finished, and the skies opened up and it just like like floods just like a tremendous downpour 
And we mentioned this last time, just the, also the noises, the thunder and the lightning that, that went up there, the, the shaking of the ground. And still, still they still had a few like moments until that it actually was like sealed. Once Noah went into the Teva, that was the deal was sealed. So they still had some moments to do Teva. But they still didn't do it. And you think, okay, these people are crazy. Like, if I would have been in that, in that day and age, and I would have been in that situation and not on the Teva, you gotta be dumb not to see the signs. But, if you look at the world today, you see most people, they don't look at the signs. There are many th- people, things that bad things happen to people. They don't think to change. They don't realize. And they come, like, I've had these people come to me, and they're like, you know, like literally, like, you, you know, like, you know, it says when it rains, it pours. Like, for like certain people, it just pours. Bad stuff happening one after another. And I'm like, you did X, Y, and Z, because you told me, I know that you did certain sins. You didn't do Shabbat on it. You have certain things you need to do. You're not keeping Shabbat. You're not keeping kosher. You're not keeping, da, 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 da. It's new. You're not doing anything. So there's a reason why things are happening to you. No, it's probably coincidence. Or you, got, you know, maybe I have an evil eye. Oh, this is the best. I have an evil eye. I'm like, yeah, because that's what you need right now. Like, that just answers everybody. Either an evil eye or please check my mezuzah. Those are the two things that are easiest, so I'll do that. But to change my life, no, 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 that's, that's too much. So nowadays, it's happening also, obviously not to that extent that it happened in the flood, but it's still, um, you know, but it's still happening to that, uh, to the same idea. So, the, the water, it started raining. It started raining, so, you know, like tremendous, tremendous amount of rain. I don't know if you've ever been to like this, like crazy storm where you like, it rains so much, and if you just run outside to put something in the garbage, and you come back, you're drenched. Think about that times like, a gajillion, whatever it is, like like just downpouring of of water. I'm sorry. Um, why rain? Why not like fire or something? So actually, it was heat. It was heated. It wasn't just like um, yeah. So it was actually warm, and actually it was very hot. So um, well, you know, it's not a sauna. You're not you're not a jacuzzi. You'd be like, oh yeah, the warm rain. You know, it wasn't meant to be enjoyable. <laughs> uh, so oh, it would be a good, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, the it actually that the the earth started you know like the water started what is that called a, a geyser what are they called when the when the water starts coming down from the ground hey okay. so, yeah right so the, imagine just like <laughs> and imagine they just op- they open up the the earth opens up and just like water starts you ever been to like uh um in the hood all right let's just speak about the hood um you know on a hot summer day in the hood what do they do you know, one of the guys oh, takes out the fire hydrant, yeah. right? And if you ever drive past by that, you get like a car wash. And you see there, it's like Sprinkler. It's like Sprinkler City over there. The kids are over there, and the few parents are over there. The kids are running in the street, slipping and sliding on the pavement. They're like, whatever, it's free, it's fun. Uh, and so think about, you know, you know how much water comes out of just that fire hydrant? Imagine what that is in like, like, Tons of places all over the place. How fast the world, the water is going to start piling up. So that's what happened. The, the, all the fire hydrants that was in the earth just like opened up and it just started spreading out, um, like boiling hot water. And sl- the water started coming up. It came from under or from? Came from both. Under and on top. It's like the Titanic. Probably not. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <No>? <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm thinking. The, the, the water sinking? The yeah. world will be full of. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> the, the water was going up. Why water? The, um, there's something very particular about water that, that, uh, no, actually water is, is actually a good thing. And I, I'll tell you a brief answer on what's special about water, uh, without trying to get too much sidetracked. Uh, so you have to know a little bit of Hebrew to understand this. So water in Hebrew is Mayim. Mayim is, is water. The, there is something very, Mem Yud Mem. 
there is something very interesting when you go into the secrets of the Hebrew alphabet with the letter Mem. Uh, it's uh, secrets in all the letters. But particular one thing that's interesting with the letter Mem, there is, so we know the Mabul lasted for how many? For 40 days and 40 nights. There's something very particular. First of all, Mem, the numerical value of it is also 40. You look at, for example, Mikveh. Mikveh is 40 sa. There's an order, there's a certain amount of, of, a water level that is required in order to make a mikvah kosher. And that is the measurement of 40. Uh, the, there is also, for example, midbar. The Jews are in the desert for how long? For 40 days. There is, uh, you 40 know, years. 40 years. Thank you. I'm sorry. In my mind, I'm thinking about something else. The, um, well, I'll tell you what I was thinking about next. The, may, um, the, the, is, I don't know how to explain it in English. So there's, uh, the fetus is formed. The way that the fetus is formed, you could pray for either a boy or a girl up to 40 days. 40 days, that's when the, that's when the fetus is, is, uh, is born. The, uh, malkot, we give 40 lashes. There's a lot of things that's very, very interesting. It starts with mem, and it, uh, it represents something 40. Now what's so special about 40? What's so special about mem? And if you realize everything that I said, matan Torah is another one. Mem, it starts with matan Torah, 40 days that Moshe had to go up there. So, there's something very particular about the letter Mem. The letter Mem represents something that's changed. It's a change. When you go to a mikveh, you're dunking under, you're coming out, you're going impure and you're coming out pure. A non-Jew, when it goes to convert, they go in and, uh, the, a, a non-Jew, they come out a Jew. It has the ability to change. Uh, Midbah was, was even better. Let's start with Matan Torah. Matan Torah changed the entire world from before that it was a, a world that, that had a Torah to after there was, there was a Torah. The, uh, Meimo, the, the Vlad, the fetus that's inside a, a, a woman while the first 40 days, it changes from being like nothing really in its sense to something that it's either a man or a, well, male or female at this point in time. So Mem represents change. Mayim represents change also. This is something that, that helps you, uh, the change. The world needed to be changed. It was, it was going bad. That's why when you go, the world was literally put in a mikveh. It had to be put, it had to be dunked under, because it has the, the ability to change it from the bad qualities that seeped into the ground to what it uh, was going to become. That is the short answer of, of what it is. There's a long answer? There's something very interesting that, uh, there's a long answer to everything. Because it depends what you ask. Um, there's something also very interesting when you deal with chemistry and mayim. Mayim is, is mem yud mem. Um, water is H2O, two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom. There is, um, and I remember doing some, some learning about this years ago on what was the oxygen? But you, it's it's very interesting how it all plugs in the mayim and the H two O. How they 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 work out together? Yeah. There's also uh, um, uh, the the atom carbon is numerical value six, and it's similar to the letter vav as well. Yeah. What? Vav is six. Vav is six. Carbon. If I'm not mistaken, carbon is in. Uh, you taking chemistry now? Okay. So carbon carbon has a has a the 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 properties to attach to itself so if you want if you if you i don't know i think only people that are dealing with chemistry will know what i'm talking about but in order to if you see like a long molecular uh, compound then you'll see a lot of carbons that are attaching everything carbon is something that attaches one atom to another atom vav is something that attaches letters vav you see vav is n right vav also if you the literal the little literal letter of uh, vav means a hook Hook also attaches something. It's like a hook. Vav, vav amudim. So, anyways, not a chemistry class, but some interesting points for for uh, Wendy. You got through that. You okay? We'll pass her. Okay. So, moving along, the water started rising. The water started rising, and.
and Noach was supposed to already go into, into the Teva, but he didn't want to go until it already went up to his ankles. That's when he decided that he was going to enter the Teva. Why was he waiting? He was waiting to see, like, maybe they'll do Teva, maybe they'll go and they'll, uh, you know, God will change his mind because he's so merciful. Something maybe will happen, let me wait. However, the, the Chachamim called call Noach and that he was a man of little faith, because if God told him to do something, you don't do any calculations. This is a very, very simple and, and very strong idea. When God tells you to do something, you do it. Tells you to jump, how high? When? Like, there's not like, you know, okay, maybe this, maybe that. You don't try to outsmart God. So they called him man of little faith. So, the, uh, you know, as the water was rising, to be, besides the fact, if you think about it, water is rising, boiling water is rising from the ground at such a level that, first of all, people... You know, the, the, the motion of the water is also, you're not able to keep your, even standing. There are people that even drowned in shallow waters for that reason itself. Uh, you know, if you've ever been to, let's say, the, the ocean, and even if you're not so, but if there's a lot of waves, you get like, you, you can't even keep standing. So people even drowned even in the shallow waters over here. But once they saw, like, okay, this is not a regular rain, this is not a, you know, uh, you know, tropical rainstorm, this is not a hurricane category five, this is something crazy. And that's when they realized, alright, you know, maybe, you know, the guy with the boat, wasn't so far off, you know, you know, we should try to figure out what's doing over here. So, they, originally they had plans, they were like, oh yeah, well, you, you know, I always see this as like little kids, you know, like, uh, you know, you tell, well, you know, my father's stronger with your father, oh yeah, well, my father's going to do this to you, You're like, it was like back and forth, they were like, well, God is going to bring a flood, well, what is going to bring a flood? From the ground, we'll put our giants to step our feet on them, we'll put the giants' hands to stop, the, uh, you know, from the, from the heavens. So they implemented those plans, they ran and they told the giants, Go put your feet on the cracks where the where the water is spewing for, forward to stop all the water. And the giants ran. They put their feet down, but the water was so hot that it was like, <clears throat> you know, and they and they ran off, and the water kept it. So they couldn't even do it because of the heat of the water. So what they did afterwards is that they put their children and they tried to stuff their children to, uh, from the from uh, yeah, you know from those holes to prevent it from coming up. But those children also drowned and they got pushed away, and the water kept on coming up. Well, so even while this was happening, they still don't be like, "Yo, God, forgive me." Yep. Yeah. What's until <laughs> until they realized there's only one way out. Some of them ran to high ground, but they saw it was only a matter of time. So there was a group of people, small group of about seven hundred thousand. The okay. Sefer Yashal right. says, <laughs> "Yeah, they went and they started making a beeline towards the Teva. They realized this is this is the boat. This is how it's going to save us because you can't, you know, they, the the this is the only thing that was created and made for this type of disaster. So they ran up, uh, you know, to, to the teva, and as they're running up to the teva, a miracle happened that all bunch of wild animals appeared as sort of like first line of defense, like you know, as. You know, I'm telling you, my mind, what goes on in my mind, it's like, you know, like, I have, like, movie scenes that are yeah. created in my mind, yeah. but not from, like, movies, just, like, from my mind, because movies are bad, right? We all know that. Okay, so, so okay, so now, uh, every time I say movies, we have to know what we're, we're talking about, but just to picture that idea, I picture that idea as, you know, you walk into, like, the bank, let's say, right, and the safe is open, and the money is there, and... That person who's coming to the bank is there to rob the bank. And he's like walking towards the bank. And all of a sudden, you know, 14 SWAT teams just like walk out really slowly from like the sides, like to the front, you know, with like machine guns. And you know, this guy is sitting there in the bank. And all of a sudden, he's just sitting in front of like 14 SWAT teams. And be like, 
is this the bathroom? You know, like, where, where am I? You know, like, where? That's what I'm picking. So they're, like, rushing over, and all of a sudden, like, a lion just, like, walks out. And then you have a beer, and you know, on the side. And then you get, I don't know, uh, hippopotamus is, you know, underrated, really strong animal. Whatever it is. They just, like, come out over there, and they're like, you know, like, let's do this. You know, like, you know, like, they're like, let's do this. You know, and... The water is rising. You picture the scene. The water is rising. The animals are in front of them. The people, they start running onto it. And the animals start they're tearing them apart. You know, a guy makes a dumb, you know, a jump for it. You know, a beer takes his paw and, you know, knocks him out of the park. And things just, like, keep on coming and nothing is doing. Finally, they start screaming to Noah, let us in. So Noah says, I can't let you in. Game over. Put another quarter, try again. Next time. Bye. They're not going to be able to try again. Because we know the Gemara and Sanhedrin says that, uh, These people do not have share in the world to come. These people are done. Wait, so they don't even come back now? So, it's, so that's... I'm just about to write yeah. that question oh, down. Sorry, some questions are... <laughs> so, there is... So, there's something... The Gemara says in Sanhedrin, uh, uh, the, the, you know, page like 107 or 108, speaks about, about uh, people that don't have a share in the world to come. Generation of the flood, generation of the dispersion that we're going to speak about, don't have a share in the world to come. However, there's something very interesting... And this is a question that I had. So that, it says, yeah, they're done. No share of the world to come, not there and not that. The question is, can they come back and they come back? No, and you know, there's, there's levels of very, very, uh, you know, serious punishment. However, there's something very interesting that we do know that certain nishamot from that generation did come back in reincarnation later in, uh, later time. So the question was, was it the people that were destroyed, you know, destroyed in the final? Was it the people previously in the, in the time span? I don't know, but it's something that I was, uh, you know, that, that, that came to my mind as well. If they could come, if those are the ones that can they come back as in reincarnation or so not? It appears did. not. Oh. Okay. appears to me that not. But, oh, okay. But if they did come back, like. There is an, uh, there, there, yeah, so there's in several, uh, based on their reincarnations, there is in the, that they came back at, um, several, um, there was a few generations that that came back um, from We're not. Always the ones that messed up. Yes, dispersion, Saddam, and then finally Mitzrayim. But the question is, which actual generation was the one that became reincarnated? Because it was it was a you know period of over a thousand years, sixteen hundred years. So there are people that died. Was it the people that you know? So I'm not I'm not clear on that. But in any case, uh, they tried to get in as much as they could. They even they're like, okay, fine, we repent. Here, you happy? You know, like. It's like, you know, so you want someone to apologize to you, but I'm sorry, you happy? Be like, yeah, that was all I, you know, ever wanted. Like that, you know, emotional, sincere, heartfelt apology from you. That, you know, that. They were like, okay, fine, we repent, let us in now. They're like, no, 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 that's it. It's game over. I, there's nothing doing over here. So they could not, uh, they could not go and get into, into the tibab. The, so the, the wicked ones of them, the real wicked ones of them, were actually, uh, you know, they died last. Because their punishment extended. The less wicked one died immediately. Because they suffered. Yeah, yeah. They're similar to um, almost every... This is generally how, how Hashem works. The more serious the, 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 the sinner is, the more severe the punishment. The, besides all the water, there was also a toxic air pollution that went through the world. And this is even... So, even after the waters receded and everything went back to... So, so to speak, what somewhat normal, this toxic pollution was still in the, in the world, and because of this, the people's lives were not able to leave and live as long as they used to. Something in the ear changed uh, from that. So even there are some opinions of what happened in Israel. What happened in Eretz Yisrael? Did the flood take effect in Eretz Yisrael? Did the flood not have taken an effect in Eretz Yisrael? Uh, there are different opinions of what happened, but for that, for the aspect of the this toxic ear, 
that affected the Eretz it affected the entire world. No one got saved from that. So that that toxic winds destroyed everything. Whether you say that something was affected in Israel or not, it doesn't matter. The question is also what happened to the birds. So the birds are able to fly. Let's say some birds can even go above, let's say, the, the rain. What happened to them? So you had also this toxic air. You had also that they didn't have any food, so they either died from starvation. Uh, but regardless, they all died. They all perished except for whatever was in the teva. The, you had also people that they would eat, you know, so okay, fine. They saw the water was rising, so they try to, you know, it's raining, and the water is rising. They makeshift rafts, some sort of makeshift boats they tried making, but with the waves and things, no one was, no one uh, survived. The, uh, only one that did survive. I don't know if we spoke about it last time. Um, Og Melech Abashan. Og the giant, he did survive and he didn't go inside. The, we did speak about it last time, I think, right? Yeah, yeah we did. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. So good. Okay, we spoke about we it. Why did he get to live? That's you didn't answer. He, um, so there's um, a midrash, if I'm not mistaken, if, I, if my memory serves me correctly, that first of all, he said that he was going to be a slave uh, servant for Noach and also for Abraham. And Hashem wanted him to survive because he wanted to show the world what there used to be, the giants that there used to be beforehand. Um, so, did he repent? It's a good question. You don't know. He, no. <laughs> yeah. What? He remained bad. Well, he wasn't the best. He didn't do. A, you know, he was. Uh, um, but there's not much. There's not much. Like, you see, like what I. One of my questions was, how old was he? Like how old was he? Because he lived for like a, a big part of like you know. Sorry, he's in the story over there, and I was never able to like pinpoint like you know like giants. It, it seems like it was. I don't want to call it a different race, but it seemed like. It was different. It wasn't the same. It wasn't the, you know, they didn't put, like we know you know, how long he lived. We know Noah, how long Noah lived. We know how long Adam lived. For some reason, Og, unless maybe somebody who's listening can, uh, can grab me this. I was, I was looking, I remember years ago I was looking to find it. I even asked a few people. No one was able to give me a, a date. And because it appears that he lived longer than anybody else. Like more than Adam, more than Mithushach. Yeah, I guess you could say that, but his name was Og. Uh, Og Jr. <laughs> so, anyways, Noach, while inside the Teva, he devised some sort of clock to keep track of the uh, of the of the you know time that was going on. Forty days and forty nights passed by. The rain stopped, but just because the rain stopped doesn't mean the waters stopped you know coming from under the subterranean uh, reservoirs. So that's what it was, because I'm trying to picture in my head. So they were like a submarine, and there was just water. No, they float. They floated on the top. They were they floated on the top, so but. Yeah, but in my mind, I'm thinking like the whole world. The whole world, but I'm saying if you have a boat, what is it called, the buoyancy? I don't know. Whatever. You guys this are still thing, on that. So you, you still have, it just keeps on going higher and higher, even no matter... How the water? That's my question. How... Oh, so the water rose to 15 amot above the highest mountain. Wow. So that is significant. The clouds or no? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, I guess it's it's really relevant on, on the... Oh, you mean for the rain? No, because the, the water... So Right. So for the first 40 days, for the first 40 days, it's not where it rose so much. For the first 40 days, it rained. After the rain stopped, for the next 150 days, the water kept on going up from the ground. And that's when it started rising significantly higher. How many days were there? 40 days for the rain, 150 days that the subterraneans kept on going after the 40 days. Um, the water, the ground opened up, sort of speaking, and the water is from the inside. What? Total was not 190. What would you ask? What was the question? Total of days that... The wisdom of a year, a full year. Remember, we answered this. Yeah, three hundred sixty-five days. So okay. One ninety. Yeah. We're we're halfway through. We didn't get through the end of the story. So one ninety is just where it got to the top, because then there's still the sinking part, and yeah. So okay. So now, 
the um, the teva was so heavy from all the things that the that it it it, it sunk in because so have you ever seen these like freight ships and like you know like they're they're very tall but because of the their tremendous weight they actually like there's a significant amount that's under the the water so the teva also there was a significant amount that was under the water in fact eleven amot out of the thirty amot were under the water so the on top of that but it still had enough to pass the top, the highest mountain by four amot because you had eleven we have fifteen minus that the four so they still are able to pass the entire um, even the highest uh, the highest mountain. Now, I don't know, I think we spoke about the fish. The fish survived not by swimming around the teva. The fish went to the depths of the ocean where it was cool, so they were able to save from the heat of the, um, of the mabul. The... There is an end to the ocean, right? Like, there is an end. It, it, yeah, yeah. There is, right? Okay. The ground of the ocean floor. They made, they had a, um, there was, there was once a, you know, there was a guy who did a, I forgot who it was, but there was a guy who went as far down, what we know of the most deepest part of the ocean, he took this. Uh, I don't even. Know what, I don't even know what this thing is called. It's not a submarine. It's like a. Tra- it went down. I don't know. Thousands upon thousands of feet. You know, miles. I don't know. But like all the way down to see what was going on there. It was a famous uh, director or something like that. He he did this. Uh, it was done by him, and then it was done previously in 1960 something, also to a similar depth or something. Uh, you know, whatever. I'm doing it from memory from, whatever. But it, but. There is a floor. I mean, there's always a floor. The question is, you know, do we we don't know everything that goes on in the ocean. Right. Did we find uh, Malaysia Airlines? Is that found already? No. Oh, that's not found. So look at that. We don't... Uh, um, with all our technology. Okay. So, life inside the Teva. It was a very interesting life. A uh, very difficult life. If you think about it, staying cooped up with all the animals in the world and, you know, your family, you know... Some say even the worst. Uh, I'm just joking. They loved each other back then. At least I hope so. <laughs> the, you know, you're stuck in there for an entire year. And it wasn't like, you know, all right, I'm taking a cruise for a year. You know, and you like, you know, thing of the, and you go, you know, go to the deck for a nice uh, sunbathing session. And then you go and you fish for the, you are cooped up in an entire, entire thing with all the animals, the smell, the noise, the growling, the barking, the, the, the nonstop what was going on over there. Wait, so. Why? Sorry, why can Hashem make it a, a miracle for them all to be quiet? <laughs> that would be a miracle? <laughs> you know, just give, yeah, give me some yeah. peace and quiet, please, yeah, over yeah, here. Right. Of course, yeah. It's not enough miracles going on over here. I mean, sure, but like, you know. No, it says that there was, there was a significant... Pilkei Tarabi Lezad, Sefer Yasha says that it was very... It was very... Um, it was a very difficult situation. Exactly, so like... Make it easier? Yeah. No, it was done for a purpose, because it, it, this was also a punishment for Noah that he could have done more, and should have done more. I was just going to say, yeah. it was like a discomfort, so he had yeah. to really not sleep the whole year. So yeah, so it says that he was, uh, besides that, he was also... <laughs> he was also... Um, it, it was also... But that's also interesting to understand. Oh, whatever, let's, let's get into that. But hey, look, he married it, that everybody else came from him. Everybody in the world. Yeah. Afterwards, yeah, so where were we? Okay, anyways, moving forward, I don't know what I left off at. But Noach, he they split up the the work. Noach fed the wild animals. Shem fed, uh, fed the domestic uh, domestic animals, and Yefes, uh, you know, he fed the creatures that crawl and creep. Why? <laughs> there's reasons for everything. There is, there is. I don't know why. What this is, oh. um, but there's something. There's something very interesting because I didn't see why specifically it was split up, but. Um, it's very interesting that the animals got along. So this part was a miracle. They got along amongst themselves. So like even the the people that would eat other animals were okay with just eating vegetation. So Noach didn't have to bring. Yeah, lion. 
Knock didn't bring like you know a bunch of I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say one of the you know they didn't bring a bunch of zebras, extra zebras for the lions to eat. They uh, whatever the gazelles, whatever that uh, you know they, they didn't just like store a bunch of them and then just like feed it to the lions. Everybody ate vegetation and uh, um, you know vegetable diet, I guess. Yeah. Uh, um, you said fed the domestic animals, which are. Sheep, like cow, cows. Wait, cows. So Noach didn't feed anything but his kids. No, no, he fed the wild animals. Noach was the wild, wild animals. Shem was domestic um, animals, and Yefes was the. So what's Ham? Chinese uh, dinner. What? <laughs> yeah, you you're messing me up. Three, I said three. Yeah, what about Ham? She's asking. Did I not? Noach, Shem, and Yef. Oh, that's very interesting. You know? Yeah, I didn't even see that. It's not even, it's not even, you know, I didn't even, th- I didn't even realize that. There's a reason why, and now you must find out. <laughs> I must have, either I missed or missed something, or didn't, it just didn't. It's gonna come to you, I feel it. No, uh, maybe. Uh, it was, yeah, it says it's just divided, up, it was just divided amongst his two, two sons. That's a good question, why? What happened to Ham? Alright, let's go for commercial. Okay. <laughs> no. No, for a different reason he was punished. We're going to get to that. So the lion, speaking about the animals, the lion, um, I don't know call him seasick, he, well, he got a little bit, uh, you know, lost his appetite. So Noach stopped feeding him for, you know, he, he lowered his, uh, his, ra- his rations. And uh, for a certain amount of time, I was trying to remember how long it was. It was like six to 12 days, some say weeks, some say months, that the lion wasn't back to his normal. Then he became healthier again and he got hungry again. But Noach was late because he thought that he's still not well. And because the lion was upset that Noah was late and he was hungry and he didn't come when he was supposed to come, that's when he fit it, you know, he hit him or he bit him, depending on the, the interpretation. And that's where Noah became lame from that. Um, Sorry, what? He's so lame. Lame. He, 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 yeah, I don't know. What oh, you know, lame. Uh, it's like um, you know, he was uh, injured forever. I have a worse word in my head. Okay. Right. Uh, so. But this was the only animal that hit uh, Noach, or bit Noach. Anybody, no one else bit it. There was also this um, stories of what happened in the, in the Tevah. There was a certain bird that Noach tried to feed it, but he would never eat anything. And he was like, what's going on? And one time he opened up a pomegranate and a worm like fell out. And he saw the bird like swoop in, get the worm and eat it. And then he realized, aha, now I see what this worm is supposed, this bird is supposed to eat. So he put a bunch of fruit on the side, wait till it rots, and then gave the worms to the... He, he collected it. He collected, uh, you know, before the, yeah, collected enough food that, it was a miracle that didn't rot. Yeah. But then the question is, but these did. So I don't know if he put them in a certain area to make it rot. But worms don't just disappear from nowhere, so. Don't ask me. I don't know how it works from. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm. Uh, I don't know. I, don't these things, can they not breed from themselves? Worm are not the, you know, who takes your biology? And, oh, so, you know, yeah. microbial. I don't know what the words are, but I'm sure the, you know, they can't come directly. If you have an apple, a worm can, I don't know, whatever. I'll have to speak <laughs> so to some. They didn't, but this, yeah, but this, but this is, yeah, so this is, I don't know what to consider. That's what I'm saying. So how is it, how do worms reproduce? They don't, uh, you know, it's, it, they do differently. I, I forgot what the world, like uni something, you know, like one, uh, Okay. I don't know. I'm not a zoologist and I'm happy not to be one. I know, whatever, but, um, so Hashem like couldn't give Noah directions. Like, yeah, he like, gave him directions. Instructions like here, do this, do that. Like, he gave him the instructions, and then he said, "Take food and feed the animals." Okay, it's a good okay. enough instruction. You'll take it. All right, good. Yes. All right. So um, there was another bird. 
that this bird was always sitting in its cage and never wanted to get, take any food. So Noah eventually goes over to it. He knew it to how to communicate with the animals. And he said, you know, I was like, what's, what's up? Why are you not eating? So the bird said, you know, I don't want to, you know, I see how hard you're working. I don't want to burden you. I don't want to do that. So Noah was, was so touched by this bird's humility that he gave him a blessing that he should live an eternal life. And there's a mahalakat if, if this bird lives or just a really long life or actually lives forever. Uh, Is it a dove? No, it's called a hul. I don't know how you translate it into, uh, was a hul? Um, yeah. What? <laughs> no. I don't know. No. So, anyways, the... Okay. After, so, after the 150 days of the... So, we had 40 days of the rain. And we had 150 days addition of the water coming up from the from the ground. So, you have to 190 days that Noah was praying to God, you know, like, you know, save us. And in the merit of a few things, God started to make the waters uh, recede. Number one... Yeah, it is. But you always need prayer. Even if you know that you get something, you still need to, you know, the so prayer... No, just the opposite. So that, that will be like somebody who will be like, um, you know, I don't need to pray. I have faith that God will give me anything. I don't have to go to the synagogue three times a day. I don't have to do anything. I have emunah. The, yeah, still, but, you know, he's still, there's still an element of prayer that's always required. You always, even if, um, you know, the, the point of prayer is to connect for you to, you know, to God. And even though when you're prom- if let's say there's a prophecy that God promises something, it's going to happen. The negative prophecy is not, but that doesn't mean, doesn't eliminate the, fa- the the factor that you need to that you, you have to pray. So he the there was a few things. Number one, the you know Hashem made a, a treaty with Noah that you know that he's going to be saved, like you said. And number two, the all the effort that Noah put into taking care of the animals also was a merit, and also the merit of the animals themselves that they didn't crossbreed beforehand was also a merit in itself. So Hashem sent this like strong wind to uh you know cool all the boiling waters and then it started you know the you know uncork the plug and it was like started to drain the entire world and the the water started coming down and on the 17th of Sivan the the teva came to rest now where did it come to rest it came to uh, uh, to rest on mount of arat in the place of kuldan so where's Kuldan? Everybody wants to know because they say oh I found the, the teva over here so there's three interpretations that they are I've seen for the um for the Teva where rest. Either it's in, it's in northern Iraq, or in Ashul, Assyria, or it's in a place in Italy. I don't know where they found it. They claim that they found the, yeah, they, yeah, like years ago, I remember. I don't remember if it was the, they claimed that they found it. Well, it has to be near anywhere where the perm story happened because Noah, um, not Noah, someone so used it to build the gallows. So, yeah, but the, but the problem with that is is that they had um, access to the entire world. The Hasfeos ruled the entire civilized world, so... Got it in like yeah, so what, he flew so what, out, he, whatever? He, like, walked to, like, Italy and came back? I don't know. So you're saying it's near the... It had to be. Northern Iraq, then. Then it'll, then it'll be northern Iraq. Thank you. Okay, so thank you very much. Anyways, the after Noah waited another forty days and he opened the window and all he saw was just water. So now the question was like, how long? He knew that he cannot leave the teva until God tells him, but he still wanted to know what's the what you know what's the process. So he wanted to send someone out to go and scavenge the area and see what's the damage. What, what you know how you know where are we holding at? So he had three you know, potential candidates that came to mind. His son, Ham, 
the dog and the raven. Why particularly these three? There was a um, there was a rule you're not allowed to have relations in the in the teba and the ark. These three violated the, that rule and they had relations. So Ham, what happened with Ham? So Ham's wife, uh, there's a midrash that says that. Um, Actually, Rabbi Mechai brings it down that he had relation that she had relations with one of the giants before the before they went into the teva, and Ham didn't want you know to to prevent shame from his wife that she had relations prior, so he went and he had relations with her in the ar in the teva, so that when she gives birth in the teva, it will be like okay, well it's mine because I you know I you know he had the relations so. But in any case, he had relations with with uh, with uh, with uh, her in the teva. His punishment was. Uh, that he would uh, appear dark. He came out uh, black. And the the next one was the dog. The dog had also a relations in the teva. His punishment was that it's very difficult for a dog to separate from its mate after relations. And the raven also had relations. That punishment was is that it would have to use its beak and it would spit a lot. It was like a very, you know, odd scenario that happened. I'm sure there's tons of questions over here. All right, I can see already. There's, there's, I do not want to focus upon this a lot, but go ahead. Yeah. So I remember learning, maybe I misheard, that like... Um, Noah was drunk and yeah, Tom was laughing at him. And this is after. But oh, spoiler alert. Because okay, there we go. No, that he got other other issues. Um, it says that they found it in Turkey. Yeah, it's oh, Turkey. Right, sorry. That's what I remember. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. Turkey's nearby, I guess. I don't know. So, Persia. So did his wife have a child? Yes. 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 And it's a machloket if it was Sichon or Canaan. It was a machloket if it was Sichon or uh, which was uh, was also a giant or was Canaan. For the whole time they were in the table, no, nobody had relations, no, right? No, no, only the, the only those three. Okay, so my question is, you know what? Forget it. I'm asking afterwards. Okay, no problem. So. He had three, these three he wanted to go and send out. He figured who would be the least, least of risky would be something that could fly. So he decided he's going to send out the raven. And so he goes to the raven and says, you know, you're up. I want you to go out and check what's going on. Raven says, I don't want to go. No, I don't want to go. Um, he says, it wasn't a question. Go. And, you know, so the raven was like, you know, what's going to happen to my species? Like, you're just going to send me out. What happened? Who knows what's going to happen over there? And Noah says, you got a few eggs going on over there. You know, I wonder how they got over there. And he says, well, you don't have to worry about your species. Uh, because he had relations already. So Noah took the, the raven and he, and he sent him out. And the raven didn't want to just go out. So he was just like flapping him right outside. And he's like, you know, I don't trust you. He says, you know what you're sending me out? You've got, you know, eyes on my uh, lady, my ladybird. And he's like, and Noah tells him, and he says, and he says, are you kidding me? He says, I, I stayed away from my own wife. What are you going to do with your, your you know, uh, a bird? So he says, uh, you know, so the, the, the Midrash says that, you know, the bird, the raven kept on staying around and he started making noises so that he knows, and the, the Noah knows that he's still out there. So don't think that I'm, you know, don't try any funny business. And, you know, meanwhile, he was getting tired, so he started, you know, rummaging around. He saw an actual piece of flesh floating in the water, and he actually grabbed the flesh and he ate it, the bird. And uh, which, which we learn from here also that God provides for everybody: the wicked, the, the bad, the good. God provides. But eventually, he returned to Noah, uh, you know, empty-handed, not with anything. Noah was like, you know, he says, "I don't want to let you back in." And Hashem said, no, you have to let this, the, the raven back in. In merit of its future, you know, descendants, they're, you know, they, they're gonna do something good. In the time of Eliyahu Anavi, there was a, um, Eliyahu Anavi was hiding from the king Achel. 
Ahab, I'm sorry, King Ahab. And the ravens brought him food in order to help him survive. So in merit of that, he let the raven back in. So, Noah... How do you say raven in Hebrew? How is, how is it written? Yeah, okay. So, he waited another seven seven days, and he sent out no more raven. Raven, you know, wasn't a good, uh, you know, business uh, partnership. And he sent out the dove. The dove. Dove? The dove. The dove. Okay. So, the... Um, the particularly what's good about the the Yonah is that it's able to fly long distance, so it's able to actually see, you know go over there. The 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 dove went out and it returned, you know, with nothing to show. So he waited another seven days and he sent out the dove again, and this time it came back holding a branch of uh, from an olive tree, and the. You know, and, and it was interesting because the dove was, was, it was actually a lesson. What was the lesson? That the olives, uh, the, the, especially the trees, it's bitter. Why would the dove, the dove had so much food inside the teva? Why is he bringing a branch from outside? And we learn from this that it's better, a person would prefer to have a bitter meal that he paid for it himself than go and ask for other people and get that, uh, you know, meal from somebody else. But what's also very interesting is that the olive tree is a very short tree. It's not a high tree. Which means is that if he was able to pluck a, a branch from an olive tree, that means that the water had to go low enough in order for that. So that's where the, it gave him also an idea where the water was, uh, was, uh, was holding. The, there's other opinions of, of uh, did it actually get to Gan Eden? Did it actually go to Harzai team? Where did it, where did it went? But regardless, it came back showing that it was a good sign that the dove had the, um, brought back that, uh, that it's branch. So, um, is that what you were looking at? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, you don't explain that at all. Yeah. We'll, do, we'll talk about it afterwards. You can get too sidetracked. Okay. Then, he, uh, after that, the, the, Noach waited another 55 days and till where the, you know, this is where the year actually came up to, cut to the completion. And so, but Noach knew that he cannot go out, being that he went in only with direction and under under God. He says he knew that he can't leave until God tells him to leave. So eventually, Hashem says, uh, you know, so he tells him it's time for you to leave, and he gave him even the specific order that he is supposed to he's supposed to leave. When Noach got out of the teva, the first thing that he did was he built a a, a mizbech and he offered sacrifices to thank and sacrifice also chatab. He offered a bunch of sacrifices to to uh, to God, and uh, God said. One of the first few things that you need to do is you need to repopulate the, the world. This is going to be your, you know, this year, um, you know, your obligation. So he said, you know, like, you know, what's gonna, what's preventing we work so hard to get the whole world populated? What's preventing from getting destroyed again? So Hashem says, first of all, I'm going to I'm going to judge them more leniency because people, you know, have a tendency to do, you know, bad, and we're going to judge them more lenient. So Noah says, what's different now than it was before? You know, before also people had the, the tendency for evil, and but yet you still destroy the world. So Hashem said, very, there's a very big difference that beforehand the life was very easy. You had to plant once in 40 years, and you had enough food for, uh, for 40 years. Imagine, working for one season and not for 40 years. And uh, so he says, now it's going to be different. Now, now it's going to be difficult. Now life over here is going to be more difficult. And because of that, people are not going to have enough time to do the, the you know, sin, and they're going to have uh, too much uh, busyness that they need to uh, deal with. So, but technology is making it easier. One step, yeah. So we're next thing that I'm going to. Oh. So, uh, besides that, the orbit of the Earth also also changed. Now it goes on its it's tilted on its axis. So now there are seasons. Beforehand there was no seasons. So now there's going to be you know there's, there's cycles of how things are gonna uh, are gonna go. That it's gonna make things much more difficult for people to uh, survive, and people have to constantly toil for their work. So now, like you. 
Nice. Always nice. Literally, that's all I remember. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. It was good. What's the meteorologist had no job. What is today? <laughs> nice. All right. Back to you. Okay. So huh? they can't mess up. Yeah. Rain, so, were... no, it was like everything was, you know, if it, how it rained, it did rain, but I'm oh. saying it was always, it was always, you know, I don't know. You ever been to Florida? You know, it rains for like five minutes, you know? Yeah, people, you need rain to survive. So, the, you know, nowadays, it's very interesting, because what you were saying before, I also thought of nowadays. So, if you look at it historically, when people had to work, they had to work. They worked from like sunrise to sunset. They like worked nonstop. Even when the, you know, um, what is that called? Not the scientific revolution. The... Neolithic. Neolithic. N- no, I don't know what I'm thinking. It was the 1700s when the, when the, the entire... Was that the scientific revolution? Industrial. When the factories started coming up. Industrial. Industrial, thank you. Oh, is that what you said? Okay, I'm sorry. Industrial revolution. Even when that came out and everything started happening much faster and much more mass produced, you still had people working crazy hours, seven days a week. But there's something very interesting that changed recently. Recently, all of a sudden, you know, you don't work two days off every week. Um, and you work generally... Nine to five, nine to six, whatever. You don't, you know, unless you have some crazy profession, you know, you work in a corporate law or something, or you're working as a, as a medical doctor. So, okay, fine. So you have the crazy hours. But general, the general population, they work normal hours. And now we'll look at what people do. It's very interesting to see how the world, you know, when there's more time on their hand, how much more depraved the entire world became, how much more immoral the entire world became. You look at it nowadays, at least from my understanding, I may be wrong. Can you imagine that it was a more immoral time since the generation of the flood than it is nowadays of what goes on and the fact that the abilities... You have also the convenience convenience of sinning so easy with all these technologies and all the ability and all the free time that you have. You have the ability to do so much more. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry to all yeah. those viewers who are going to kill me. But, um, but, but here's the thing, though. With all of this great cell phone... People are also losing a lot of connection and having a lot of more emotional pain because so it kind of you know evens itself out. So what do you mean the bad? Like, yeah, the, I mean I the mean, bad is just because so people. Bad, I mean people just misuse it. I mean yeah, there's many psychologists and and psychiatrists who say that children are not going to be able to d- develop meaningful relationships right. because they all deal with social media. So there, I'm just saying like there is a suffrage. So thank yeah. God for that. So, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> people get to connect with people from opposite ends of the world. Still, Still it's true. So you know what? If you want to connect to somebody against the opposite end of the world, you can connect it with that. I have people be like, you know, I have you know, I went to Yeshiva in Israel. So in Israel, it's like a community. I had I had friends from Australia, from England, from uh, South Africa, from not Tibet, no, um, and like from all over the place. So you think, okay, I need social media to get. I'm like, no, you know. I don't, you know, I, I, for years I didn't have social media until someone started the social media for me to, for, for the Torah purposes. But for that, you need it. And guess what? I got a hold of those guys if I needed to get a hold of it. It's not like you need it, it's a must. Like, oh, well, you know, my Chinese friend from, you know, Korea is gonna need to... Granted, you could use, uh, granted you could use it. You know, Torah anytime his logo is, is God's reason for the internet. Uh, that, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, it's they pay for that <laughs> <laughs> trademark. Um, it's I don't know. So the you know the idea behind it is that everything that you have can be used for positive and negative. Everything can be used for positive and negative. So yeah, Baruch Hashem, we're able to use this for positive. But if someone were to ask and say, "Listen, I need to get internet in the house because I want to learn Torah," what would you think every single rabbi who's a real rabbi, not a you know, will tell them to do? It, be like, "Don't worry about it. Learn from the books." 
You don't need the, you know, there's plenty of, you know, to do that. It's, it's so much more risk of opening up the, your house and internet. Nowadays, it happens to be the most people, especially anybody who's listening to us online has access to internet somehow. So, yeah, it's part, you have to. It's like having a computer. In America, yeah, technically. Okay. Um, you don't, you don't need to. You don't have to. I know this girl that just got engaged in like her dad and rabbi or something and she was like mentioning to someone else that like her husband's family, like when she gets married she won't be able to use internet at all. And like she's studying to like she's gonna have like, a career and it's gonna be hard for her not to use the internet. So she was like annoyed about it, but like she was like, Oh, I don't wanna start my marriage off like fighting. Good woman. Smart. You know what goes, you know how many kids get, if you know what, if I were to tell you certain things of what goes on at what age young kids look at certain things, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a worthy, you know, okay, so you don't watch YouTube, alright, like how much do you actually use internet, Amazon, go to your local stores, they still exist. Not, not for long. Not, yeah, possibly, not for but long. yeah. All right. Anyways, moving along. The um, so Hashem said, you know, don't worry. I'm never going to destroy the world again with the with a flood like I did now. Towns can get destroyed. People can get destroyed, but the world in itself is never going to happen again. Noah wanted a sign. The sign that God gave them is the rainbow. rainbow. Okay, good. See, we know stuff. Hashem. So He gave them uh, the the rainbow, and it's something very interesting when you have a rainbow. You are, so you're supposed to, you're not, firstly, you're not supposed to stare at the rainbow, but you can look at it briefly and you say a bracha. Do you know how many rainbows I this saw is this a... year? And I was so sad. I'm so pissed. I could have made mitzvahs. I'm so mad right now. Hopefully you should never, uh, you should never see it again. Watch so, <laughs> so, Why is it a bad sign if you see it? Because it's a sign that shows that God, the sign is that, you know, like, it's sort of like, I would have destroyed the world, but I'm not going to, because of the, you know, because of that covenant that I made so with. So when uh, we see it, it's God like. Yeah, it's not. God yeah. telling us, I want to wipe you Yeah. It's always there. It's a refraction from the light. It's a refraction from the light that didn't, which didn't exist beforehand. But we're that bad. What? It's a good question. You could, first of all, always take any sign as working on something. That's always a pot, that's always a, like a thing. It's like somebody who, you know, who gets constant fevers. Like, does it mean anything? Better be safe than sorry. Always, always helps that if you're not sure, work on something. Like, you cannot lose for that. It's like, okay, you know, should I eat healthy today or not? I'm like, it's not gonna hurt you if you eat healthy today. You know, just eat more broccoli. Celery, whatever, things that don't taste like anything. You know, just eat stuff, eat grass. So it's not going to, whatever, the green leafy vegetables. But we're that bad that Hashem wants to kill us? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I can't. I can't hold my soul. Why? Good, go for it. We're that bad that Hashem wants to kill us? But we're not as bad as the flood. Like, seriously, come on. They did crazier things. And they were destroyed. But, it, <laughs> but like yeah. everybody at once, you can't. They're like right. So we had, we do have some. Good. He wants to destroy. I think he just wants to say, hey, you know what? I'm expecting more out of you, and try to be a better person because I know you. Can. So cute. <laughs> All right, let's move on. The after the teva, after the teva, let's go on because we're not. Gonna, I need. I need to. It's it's getting late. I want to. I want to finish this. I also we're almost finished the mabu, but I want to. I want to do also the generation of the dispersion. The um, Sorry. This, yeah. So I want to do that. So so now the so what happened was is that after the Noach went out of the teva, he was um, Hashem gave him the permission now to eat animals. Beforehand, they were not allowed to eat animals. They were all vegetarian. Everybody was a vegetarian. Now they had the um, the permission to eat animals uh, for that. Also, one of the reasons why they didn't have they didn't have permission to eat animals beforehand was before when Hashem created Adam 
and Chava and all the animals, originally they were all supposed to be immortal. They were supposed to live forever, including the animals. Now that Adam sinned, now everybody has a death penalty, you know, uh, you know, subscribe to them. Everybody. Except for maybe that bird. So, uh, everybody's supposed to die. Now, if Hashem would have said, okay, now you can eat the animals, that means that they made a sin, but they're benefiting from the sin. So Hashem said, no, you're still not going to be able to eat from the animals. Noach, afterwards, he's going to be able to eat from the animals. So you don't benefit from the sin that you did for the, from the tree. Okay. So then, where did Abram and Achai come in? Right now, Abram and Achai came. Where did this start? People were literally taking a bite out of a It was, it, no, it, was, it wasn't like, you know, that God said, okay, I see that there's going to be an issue over here. Like, you know, we got to restructure over here. Uh, we have to do it. It was, the, this is where the law came. You're allowed to eat from it, but you're not allowed to eat from Abram from and Achai. But did it really come well, in? Because we know that the brothers with Yosef, that they didn't... Or... Yeah, but that's, uh, that's the question. Yeah, first of all, so that's the question why they did that. But the answer for that was they actually created that. That it wasn't an animal. It was it was actually a creation from like Sephiroth type. What? We'll go afterwards in more detail. Okay, just remind me afterwards that question. It's a longer answer. Yeah. So um, so now they had this is where the Sheva Mitzvahs Benenoch came into completion. The the so let's go through them really quickly. One is idolatry. The, this is non Jews. These are the requirements, obligations that they have to do. They're not allowed to commit. Idol, idol worship. They are now allowed to have forbidden relations. Question what that entails. They are now allowed to murder. They are now allowed to curse God. They are now allowed to steal. And now they have, oh, they have a legal system. They have to require a legal system. And now the seventh one is they are now allowed to eat from a live animal. This is a very big problem, especially in Asian, you know, culture. They eat live creatures. And, uh, yeah, they eat live creatures. Um, Right. Oh, yeah, they so eat crickets, like, they eat, they eat, they eat, uh, they take like little octopuses, they dip it in like mustard stuff, yeah. and then it's like, so yeah, and it's just like, they put it in their mouth. Really? I've, someone sent me a video on it, it was like, cause like while they're eating, like a tentacle went out, and they like took it in like spaghetti, and they're like, yeah, you know, so it was like, you know, I was like, I'm like, are you an alien? Like, how are you human? Like, I, you know, like, I don't even, even if it tastes the best in the world, like, how can you do that? I don't know. Anyways, so, but, but picture the scene. Noah gets off out of the, into the world, and it's, you know, like, have you ever heard silence? You live in New York, so no. Uh, the, but if silence is like, there's like nothing. There's like, just think about, there's like no animal noises. There's no, there's like just nothing. No birds, no wind. Like everything was just still, just complete silence. So, Noah went and he started appointing, you know, jobs for his sons. So Shem was going to be in charge of spiritual matters. Ham and Yephes will alternate some with dealing with the land and others would deal with uh, the animals. Um, I guess you could say like a shepherd. The, but now they needed to have, uh, you know, population, not control, but now to get the population growth. So they were all required to, because the only, the only addition that they had was either Canaan, like we said before, or Sichon, that, that giant. So, Noach went and he, his focus was cultivating the land. So he was the man of the land. He was going to be doing, you know, the, the planting and the vineyards and all that. And when he was, um, you know, he, he saw, he got a hold. The question is how he got a hold of it. A certain, you know, um, grapevine that was floating. Noach. Was great, great by the Now the question is where he got it from, how he got it, was it from the Etzadas, was it from Gan Eden, was it from beforehand? Uh, but he got this miraculous uh, grapevine, so much so that he, when he put, when he, when he planted it, it grew instantly. It was like, you know, Jack and the Magic Beanstalk, you know, like think of it like that, like he put it in, you know, I don't know if it went instantly, but, you know, from my, I remember the books, it was instantly. And, um, 
So he went in there and it grew into land. He was like, oh, look at that, grapes. So he took the grapes and what he did was is he squeezed them out to get, uh, to get the liquid out of it, to drink it. And then he th- a thought occurred to him to ferment it. And he fermented it and he invented wine. This is where wine was, uh, why it was invented. And he tasted it and it was like, okay, this is, this is nice. This is good. You know, this is, it takes the edge off a little bit. And suddenly, the Satan appeared to him. So some say Satan, some say it was a, the demon appeared to him. And they were, you know, they were like, um, you know, what you got there, Noah? It's like, I just invented this amazing drink. You know, it tastes good. It's, you know, makes you feel nice and relaxed. So Satan says, listen, I'm aware of this, you know, thing. It's an invention for you, but I, I'm aware of it. Let's make a pact of what, you know, so he says, is this, is this wine? Is this thing, uh, is this going to be good, good for humans or bad for humans? So Noah says, you know, I'm thinking about it. It says, it depends. A little bit might be good, but too much is not going to be too good. So he says, uh, so Satan says, okay, let's make a, let's make a deal on how it's gonna work. He says, and, uh, it says over there that, uh, the Satan took a sheep, a lion, a pig, and slaughtered over the vine and came in. But what, what does that mean? I mean, the, and a monkey. Sheep, lion, pig, and monkey. So he says, huh? It doesn't mean symbolically that the blood ran in there or it actually, what is in reference to is as follows. Uh, which is why I skimmed through over that because I knew there was gonna be a bunch of questions on that. But the, cause this is where the ultimate point is of the Midrash. That the sheep, why is that? Because if you drink a little bit, you're like a sheep. You're like buzzed, you're chilled, you're relaxed, you're fine. All of a sudden, you drink a little more, you're like a lion. You ever see somebody that drinks? I, I don't remember. I don't know if I told you this before. I told you about my little my little friend who went to fight with the. Okay, so. What? Look at everything. Just start your hand. I had um. What? I had uh. I wonder if you'll listen to this because if you'll listen to this, you'll know who I'm talking about. Um. So. I had a friend, um, my, my size, right? Same size, um, you know, so like six foot five, six foot six. Um, <laughs> they're laughing, they don't know. <laughs> um, Wait, why is he little then? Like, <laughs> my size. Why are you saying little friend if you're By the way, I have no time to edit this, so this is going up as is. Um, because, so, the, it was Purim. And, you know, there is an obligation that the boys in Israel take very, very seriously more than any <laughs> obligation ever created in the world is that you have to drink. It's a must. It's like, you know, there's nothing. It's a, if you don't drink, you're not Jewish. It's like serious. So everybody drank. And I still remember, I still remember, um, if he's going to listen to this, he's going to, he's going to, uh, he, I know he's going to come right back to me. He's like, what are you talking about me? I'm not going to say his name, but anybody that was with us know, will know who I'm talking about. He was just all in orange. That was his costume. He's like, head to orange. And, um, he, he was, uh, he, you know, so have you ever been to, Israel? Uh, you guys been to Israel? There are people that the soldiers, you don't know them, they're like dressed all in black and they drive motorcycles. They're like the top of the Mossad, you know, like style stuff. I don't know if you've ever seen them. They drive around like, you know, like in this like speed bikes. They like, you know, I've seen, you ever seen these people in action, it's crazy. Like while the bike is still going, they'll jump off, arrest the guy, like pin him to the thing. They're all like giants. They're all like, you know, did like Krav Maga since they're like a fetus. They like, they'll, these people are like, you know, like, they take down anybody without any, without any questions asked. They're all dressed all in black, black helmet, black visor, like you see nothing, there's like no emotions, or like Robocop is coming at you. And they're coming at, you know, so we were in, you know, we were in a certain area, and, uh, you know, these people show up. Now there's certain times, it was in Israel, with certain times, like no matter how tipsy or drunk you are, 
you sober up. Like, you know, you're like, all right, everybody, like, act normal. You know, like, you know, like, you're able to sober up. Not him. No, not my friend. So, I still, you know, right, my, and the guy's like six five, six six, And he was like picking a fight. He's like, you want to go? You're like in Hebrew, you know Hebrew. He's like, come on. And we're like, like no, no. You, this is not going to work out for you, buddy. This is not going to happen. And he was like, you know, like, oh, let's do it. Come on. And he was like, you know, becoming very aggressive with it, you know. And we're like, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll take care of him. We're like holding him, uh, you know, holding him down. But that's what it means. It says when you when you drink a little bit, first you become like a sheep. You become very calm. All of a sudden, you drink a little bit more, you become like a lion. I could, I could, I could fight him. You know, you ever see like, you know, like people that, you ever realize how many bar fights there are? Non-Jewish world, of course. The, the, non-stop. Why? Because they get in there and be like, you know, I can do anything, you know, like when you have enough junk. So that's the second stage. You become like a lion. Third stage, you become like a pig. You start rolling in, you know, mud, dirt, potential feces, whatever, you know, anything else. Uh, after that, you're like a monkey. That's the final stage. You're swinging from the chandelier. This is where that's uh, the, the, the final stage. So, so the, and this is what, the, this is already a tradition that was made already since, uh, since wine was, uh, was invented. So Noah went and he... He went to his, to his, uh, he was gonna go, you know, he drank, he drank too much, he didn't, he never drank before, you know, he drank too much, he went to his, his, uh, his wife's tent, and, um, he, you know, so, to see how, how to say this, that it's uh, clean, the, um, he was going to have, you know, to be with his wife, but he didn't, he, he didn't make it on time, and it was wasted. And, uh, but he ended up just full, you know, like he ended up just collapsing on the, you know, without any clothes on the, on the floor in the tent of his, of his wife. So, which is, by the way, there's an aracham that a husband and wife are not allowed to have relations with each other if one of them is drunk. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to have relations with them. Okay, questions afterwards. So, so, let's leave the questions, let's, questions afterwards. Or saying, where is the level? Lion, pig, you know. Let's let's uh, keep the questions for afterwards. So we, we have we have. Um, and by the way, you know, this is the time where I put my speech out there, where I say, if you gotta leave, you know, it's fine. But I'm gonna try to go through it to try to finish it because uh, um, we didn't even finish the story of the, the Mabula. I still have another whole story to go. Don't don't apologize. It's it's uh, you know. Why was he dressed like a little Yeah, what happened? Yeah, what happened? Do you know we got him? We got him. Uh, you know, he almost got arrested, but we got him out. <laughs> Why it was just an orange? Because that's what the sale was, and that's what you know you could buy the flashiest colors. I don't know. <laughs> I think I was just in red or something. I don't know. I don't know. What the? Teletubbies? No, not really. We just go to like. We just went to like. How do you? How does the yeshiva bucket go and get dressed up for Purim? He goes to a thrift shop or whatever one of these like crazy stores, and whatever is on sale, you know, you buy, and that's what you wear. You know? like a color. Okay. No, I don't know. I had a, you know anything that looks funny and odd and crazy is what is what uh, they did. Okay. Anyways, so it, every week there was a certain turn that one of the sons would help him. There was a turn of Khan to help his father during the time where. What was the point of the story with Noah and his wife? We're getting to it. Oh. It's still it's still in the middle of it. Yeah. So they. Um, okay. So he. It was Ham's turn to help his father. And Ham was with Canaan, and you know Noach already expressed a desire that he wanted to have another child. Why do you want to have a child? Because he has to repopulate the world. And he's thinking, he says, as I'm getting older, it will be beneficial if I have a younger child that will be able to help me as I get older. So Ham, when he heard that his father wants to have another child, he was very disturbed by this. He said, I don't like that sound because they're already three brothers. 
Now they're going to be four brothers. They're going to have to split everything. It's going to be, you know, difficult. And it wasn't territorial, which we're thinking of. So originally, you know, he thought about it. He said, look at, look at Adam. Adam had two children, Cain and Hevel originally. They had, it wasn't about territorial. You know, you have enough land in the, in the world that they could split up and never see each other without a problem. But it was the ideologies that, that you know, that, that clashed. Hebel, for example, was spiritual. Cain was materialistic. They're, they're, the ideologies clashed and they, and they, you know, one killed the other. The, now, Ham was thinking about it, now we're three. Now we're even worse. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're so much worse than off than Cain and Hevel was. You have over here, Shem is going to be spirituality. Yephes, he's going to be in secular, intellectual, humanism type of, uh, you know, idea. And Ham is going to be material paganism. If you add a fourth dimension to this, you know, ideology, this is going to make everything all that more difficult. So he was very upset about that. His father wanted to have a fourth kid. And uh, so he went, and this is as he was going to speak to his father about it, to, to help his father with whatever he needed. He walks in, and he sees his father is without clothes, is laying on the floor over there. So he, you know, it's a question, who did it, Ham or, or, or Canaan? We're going to go with the opinion that it was both of them, you know, together involved in it because they both got punished for it. His His son. His oh. son. Yeah. So... Canaan, his son. We oh, spoke. Yeah, remember we said that, ha, that they had a son. Oh, not his legitimate son. Okay. Well, okay. So, we'll speak about it afterwards. We're not gonna. Yeah, we'll go through it afterwards. So, what Ham did, he he saw an opportunity and he took it. And what he did was is he he made an operation on his father that would not allow him to have any more kids. He gave he castrated it. Yeah. So, um, so he he went and and uh, and he did that. And then he went over and he told his brothers, "says Hey guys, listen, you know, I took care of a problem, you know, whatever it is." And they were like, "What did you do?" And they told him what he did. Immediately, Shem jumped and started running toward the tent. Yephes started running at him. He says, "You know, Shem, where, where are you going?" He says, "What do you mean? We got to go cover, you know, father. Look, he's, he's sitting over there in a shame." So, so Yephes says, "Okay, fine. I'll, you know, I'll come with you." So they go. Shem and Yephes go in, and they pick up a blanket, but they went, they, they did this, is that when they went in, they made sure that they wouldn't even accidentally look at him. Wow. So they did so many precautions, they, they turned away, they covered their eyes, they were going back, you know, they went with their free hand. So they went and they covered Noach, and so that he would be covered and he would be, you know, it wouldn't be, you know, degrading that he's sitting over there with, with you know, in the situation that he is. Noach woke up a short while later, and he immediately he saw, well, he wasn't awake, he was, he, 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 he yeah. Yeah, but oh, so he didn't feel the pain? He had wine. Okay, you could have a lot of wine, like... You're asking questions on wine that produced in one day, and that's what shocks you, that he was, you know, that, uh, that he couldn't wake up? Yeah, so, um, so anyways, so he goes, and um, he sees that he had a wound. Immediately he saw that he had a wound, and through Waha called the divine inspiration, he knew what the whole, he knew the whole story that happened. He knew what Shan did, he knew what Yephes did, and he knew what Ham did. So he called immediately, he called immediately, uh, Ham, and, um, and Kanan, and he says, you know, you both, you know, really, dis- uh, you know, disgraced me and degraded me. And he says, Noah tells him, he says, Ham, I really want to curse you, but I can't because God already blessed you. Bless. He says, Okay, we'll go for it. God bless all of them that they should go and, and have uh, more children and repopulate the, the world. So he he goes and he says um, and he says to Canaan and he says from now from now you're going to be cursed that you're going to be condemned to a life of slavery. Oh. And why is that? Because you showed no self control. Therefore, you're going to, your self control is going to be in the control of others. You're not going to have control anymore. Furthermore, I want um, Noach tells Ham and Canaan he says I want to have another child to help me. Now, I'm not going to have that. So who's going to have to help me? Shem and Yefet are going to have to help me. So now, because they're going to have to help me, 
you, because it was your fault that you, that you're going to have to help them. That you're going to be uh, uh, slaves uh, to them. Why so, Noah it's something very interesting because you see that also I noticed that Ham didn't even help in the Teva. There's something very interesting going on there that I'm not, I'm not, you know, I haven't found in any of the Midrashima that it speaks about it. Again, if somebody knows anything about it, please share with, share. Yeah. So, this is why the slaves, oh, so the slave has a, um, Anything that a slave has belongs to its master. Now, there was a um, midrash that brings down that the Africans came over to to Alexander the Great, and they said, oh, the Enyakov, okay, it brings down from the Enyakov, that um, the Africans came over to Alexander the Great, and they said, listen, he says, what, was, what is Israel called? Eretz Canaan, the land of Canaan. Who does Canaan come from? Ham. And we know Ham came out dark. Dark, dark, like, you know, black. So they, he said, the African said, it says, they, they took our land. Eretz Canaan turned out to be Israel. It says, that's our land. So <clears throat> Alexander goes to the Jews and says, you know, that's a good, that's a good claim. He says, what do you, he says, that belongs to them. Why, why do you guys have it? So there was a man that came, Gviya ben Psisa. He came in and he said, he said, um, what is your claim? Like, where do you get your information from? They were like, what do you mean? From your Torah, from the scriptures. From the scriptures. So, <clears throat> so he said, okay, fine. So he said, I'm going to prove from the scriptures also. It says in, the, in, the, in, in Parshat Noach that Canaan is going to be cursed and he's going to be a slave to his brothers. So he's a slave to who? To Shem and Yefet. And now, he says, the fact that you are, you had, you are dwelling in the land of Canaan means nothing because you belong to us. And even more so, he says, you're supposed to be our slaves. He says, where have you been for the past thousands of years? <laughs> he says, now, welcome back. He says, please, Bechavod, come in. So Alexander tells him, he says, you know, that's, that's a good answer. He says, what do you say to them? So the African says, give us three days. And they, and they ran, and they fled, <laughs> and they fled, yeah. But uh, they were able to keep, the, all the fields that they left by, they were able to keep. The, in the area. What? Ethiopian Jews. Like, Are they legit? They just... Yeah, they say that it comes from Shevet Dan, I believe. So, the, the, um, okay, anyways, so, where were we dealing with? Okay, no, 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 it's fine. Um, okay, so now, the, the punishment, so now the punishments were, the, now let's deal with what, what happened, because, so he was going to be slaves, but there was going to be more to punishment for that. Ham received more punishments. One of the, because he looked at his father, his eyes are going to become red, always looking bloodshot. Now, uh, this is, the man laws brings it down. The, because he mockingly told his brothers about what he did to his fathers, his lips are going to be made thick and gross. Um, and number three, because he turned his head to see his father, his hair is going to become uh, very bristly. Oh. Number four, because he turned his head to see his father, so the the hair is going to be bristly. Is that when you turn your head? I don't know. It moves around. Yeah, ask me that. Yeah, I don't know. So with Mamlo always brings it down. And uh, lastly, he is going to be always going, uh, you know, or very commonly go naked uh, or very, uh, you know, not uh, clothed. And also because he's going to be living in, in very hot uh, climates, he is going to be that because he didn't, he uh, unco- he didn't, uh, he couldn't cover his father. Uh, measure for measure, he's also going to be uncovered. Shem is reward. He is going to have because he covered his father, and uh, he's going to have be able to cover with tefillin and talit. 
he's going to also have the Chanani uh, Mishal Ve'azaliyah, when they were thrown into, their, into the furnace by Nebuchadnezzar, they did not, not only were they not burned, but even their, their clothings weren't burned. So the clothings even stayed, stayed uh, fine because of the merit of shame. Also, when Aaron's sons entered the Kodesh HaKadish, when they weren't supposed to, and they got, they got burnt to death, their clothing did not get burnt to death. So they were held uh, respectable. Another, and finally, Sancheret, which is the king of Assyria, not Jewish, but he still comes from Shem. He um, he also when they the entire army was burned was was destroyed. I think we spoke about this. I don't know Yonah, but we spoke about this by Yonah. His entire army was destroyed, and because of that, he uh, they were burnt, but still they were wearing clothes at the same point in time. That was Shem's reward. Yefet's reward was that he is going to have a descendant from Magog. Magog, we know Gog and Magog. That's uh, the final war. His um, there's going to be, in the final war, there's going to be, we spoke about in the Mashiach series, that there's going to be a lot of death for the, for the, the nations that are coming to fight against the Jewish people, and the, of the people that are going to get buried is Magog. Most of them are not going to have a burial spot, but Magog will have a burial spot because of his father, of his ancestor, Yefet, and uh, what he uh, did for... So, uh, only one nation comes from Yefet? No, no, no. From Yefet, Shem, Shem and Yefet comes to 70 nations. And if you want, I, I've seen the breakdown. If you want, but it's, you're not going to. It's not going to be like Korea, you know. Like you're not going to be able to do it like modern day. It's like you know, from you know, the biblical names that they have. So okay, so that was the punishment, and that was the reward that they each uh, that they each uh, had. And um, after after you know after that, they went on their own ways, and they each started um, uh, creating. And now, from everybody that's alive now, comes from either one of those three uh, siblings: Noach, Shem, or Yefet. Because Noach, I mean, not Noach, uh, Shem, Ham, or Yefet. Now, if we have a little bit more time, I would like to do the. And I know it's it's really late. Um, if we have a little bit more time, we could do the the Tower of Babel um, and the story about that. I'm not going to take that long, but if anybody needs to leave, please uh, feel free to go. Okay, so now. The world is growing. The world is, you know, continuing on with the story. The world keeps on growing and it keeps on uh, becoming, uh, you know, bigger and bigger and more, you know, the population is increasing. And the 340 years passed since the Mabul. And people were giving birth. It was like six at a time. It was really growing at a, at a tremendous uh, uh, rate. And the... I have, to, I have to give you a little bit of a beforehand. So, you know, like, um, you ever see, let's say, for example... I'll give you the example that the, the Megatron is now. Similar idea. You have a fly trap, right? A fly goes in there, gets zapped, and dies. What is the next fly going to go? Be like, oh, look, light. You know, goes in there, and then and dies. What does the third fly go? Be like, listen, where's Tim and Joel? I haven't seen them. You guys seen them in a while? Be like, no, I don't know. We'll look at the light. And they go, and they die. And it's not like the, the flies are like, listen, guys. You know, send out a memo. Don't go to the light. It's going to kill you. It's going to. It doesn't. It, it you know. It doesn't change. You know. They keep on going and they keep on killing. The same thing. The wicked people. They keep on sinning. They keep on getting destroyed. You have the generation before the Mabul. You even had people that in the time of Enosh they got destroyed. And after the Mabul they got destroyed. They didn't learn. And now comes the generation of the dispersion. Is they also didn't learn and they also came into. Um, uh, they were going to get uh, destroyed. So what happened was, there was. Uh, you guys hear of Evel, Shem and Evel. So, you guys know that? The, no. no, the Yeshiva of Shem and Evel? So, who was Evel? So, you have Noach. Noach had a son Shem, who had a son Arpachshad, who had a son Shalach, who had a son Evel. So, Noach, Shem, was Evel's grand, great-grandchild. They opened up a Yeshiva together, we know where, where the, the Yeshiva of Shem and Evel. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So this is the Yeshiva of Shem and Eber. So the, the descendants from Shem was, by the way, this is directly descended to Avraham Avinu. Ten generations from Noach to Avraham Avinu directly through, uh, through Shem. The Jewish people, we said also, I think we spoke about it last time, come from Shem. Um, that's why um, Sem, uh, Semite, anti-Semite means anti-Shemite. We come from Shem and that's why the anti-Semite uh, comes in. Well, so, Muslims, the mm-hmm. and the Jews. Yeah, but it particularly it's in reference to yes. When they say that, it's not correctly used, but but yeah. So the um, there was that that was from Shem's side. From Ham, Ham had a son Kush, and he had a son Amrafel, who was also known as Nimrod, aka right. That's a street name. Was Nimrod? Uh, his his uh, what's it called? Um, I don't know. No, he was known as Nimrod. So, anyways, so Nimrod had um, you know how he came to power. Nimrod was the first king of the entire world. Since the creation of the world, he was the first one that ruled the entire world. So he, um, you know, how did he get into power? Something very interesting. So he got, he happened to get his hand on a, on a uh, uh, mystical garment, let's just call it. It was a, there was a, Hashem gave Adam Arishan a certain piece of clothing that gives it supernatural powers. Oh. Right? Uh, and, uh, so he could, yeah, he used it to hunt. What happened was, is that the people were very, very scared of the wild animals. The wild animals were attacking. It wasn't like they were living peaceful. It wasn't like, okay, cities, were, you know, they were still, you know, growing. So Nimrod, when he would put on this mystical, you know, cloak or whatever it was, he, you know, the animals would be scared from him. They would, like, crouch down. He would be like, you know, like, listen, lion. You know, it goes over there. And then he would just, he would be able to hunt with ease. Like the animals came to him and he just killed them. So people started looking at him. They didn't know that he had this mystical garment and, you know, and, and where he got it from. And that he just knew that this guy was super powerful. This guy is like crazy. He's able to hunt without any problems. He's able to accomplish so much. So he, uh, he goes and, um, and he starts, you know, thinking like a politician. He says, okay, now I got that side. He says, now I'm going to start, he started building altars and started doing kabanot. He says, oh, I'm also very spiritual. You know, he's dealing to everybody. And so people started, you know, you know besides the fact he was able to speak very well, he was a very good engineer, he was, in, you know, in the military side as well. Also, we don't have time to speak to the wars that, that went on and how he, you know, you know destroyed them. He, um, so his legend kept on growing. He started off when he was 20, and then it kept on growing. By the time he was 40, he declared himself already a god. He was, that's it, you know, I'm on the next level. He declared himself a god. And he also, people actually stopped even worrying about God because they, re- they figured like Nimrod was so powerful, we just go to him for problems and he'll help us and he'll take care of everything. So he was, you know, slowly but surely he ended up becoming the first king of the, of the civilized world. And, uh, you know, he, his idea was he wanted to do like a utopian society that, uh, you know, it's not going to be like rich and poor. Everyone's going to share the resources. Everyone's going to live in harmony and live... Um, <laughs> for the motherland, um, which, you know, being that you said that. But, you know, they, they would all live with, with you know, utopia. And they all spoke Lashon HaKodesh. Every single one, and there was only one language, and it was only Lashon HaKodesh. So, the, um, the, they started, you know, convening together, all the wise men at that time, and they said, listen, every, you know, 1,656 years, uh, the sky breaks down, and it floods the world. So we have to do something to prevent ourselves, because they thought about the sky. Even now, they didn't even attribute. They're like, oh, no, no, this happens every, this is like a natural thing. It happens every 1600. It only happened one time before. Yeah, but only a third of the civilization. Now the whole world was destroyed. It says that happens every 1,656 years from creation. That's what it happened. So they saw, this is already 340 years you're talking about after that, that, uh, so they say, we're going to have to do something to prevent it, from, from, you know, destroying the world again. So, they were trying to think about the solution. The best solution they had is they were going to build a huge tower. Question was that they were either going to build multiple towers as pillars to hold the sky up, 
whatever it is that they, um, they, you know. And by the way, you think of them as primitive people. When you look at what they accomplished, they had so much more technology than it's than appears that we have nowadays. What they what they dealt with. So they decided they're going to build a tower. Now, with this tower, there was a you know conflicting of what they were actually going to do with it. So. They said, first of all, they're going to put on the tower, they're going to put like an idol with a sword, sort of like pointing upwards, like we're fighting against God. Like this is going to be a tower that we're going to fight against God. So that they decided now they're going to revolt. They're going to, you know, God is going to, you know, is controlling too much. They were, they were like thinking about it. Now, even these sinners, how do they think about it? They thought about, okay, like, what are all the problems in the world that could come from? It comes from a flood. It comes from, you know, and whatever it is, who sends us this problem? They knew it was God. They didn't even say, there's no atheism back, back then. So, it's God. Huh. But no, that gods back then was plural. They 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 worshipped. There wasn't a omnipotent. Uh... So, anyways, they go and they decide that they're going to revolt. They're going to fight against God. They're going to destroy God, and then they're going to be immortal. Great plan, right? Sounds like a comic. Anyways, so they uh, they decide that they're going to build this tower, and. The way that they were going to build the tower, first of all, so Nimrod, Nimrod loved the idea, and he says, this is, going to, this is going to be great, this is going to, you know, our name is going to last forever, we're going to, you know, get it. so he says, we're going to have to figure out how to do this. So they, they convened everybody to a certain valley, a certain place in, it's called the, in Shinar, it's, it was near Babel, and there they're going to, they're going to do like all the, the population from around the world, they're going to all con- going to convene, and they're going to all work together for this tower. So the mass migration actually took Two years tell everybody to move in to, to that. So this is like a long thought out process, and they decided to uh, build this this tower. Now there was three different opinions of why we need to build a tower. One people said we live in the tower. This is where we'll live. We'll make a huge tower, very high. We'll live in this tower, and this will prevent you know any issues that from coming. A uh, second group says, no, no, we're going to use this tower to worship idolatry. We'll go all the way to the top and worship Abodazah all the way to the top. And the third one says, no, 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 we're going to go to the top because we're going to reach the sky, we're going to reach the heavens, and we're going to, we're going to go and we're going to battle against God in the heavens. So, yeah, we do, yeah, we'll do, yeah. Thank you. So, the... They, they decided, they started on, on building this thing. They made it waterproof, they started, they, and they created bricks to build this. The... The tower, the way that it had, first of all, it came in miraculous speed. It wasn't like, okay, you know, one brick, one brick. Every brick that they put down, it was like God was helping them. It was like, it was like two bricks were there. And they put four, it was like it kept on going up and up. It was a tremendous speed and tremendous atzahad that they had over here. One of the reasons was it was because they were so united. God loves unity. Even though that the Tower of Babel were even worse off than the Mabul, but the reason why they weren't destroyed because they had the achdut, they had the, un- the, the unity together. So... They had two stairwells for this tower. One in the east, that's to go up, and one in the west was to come down. Now, in the beginning, it's pretty simple to build it, but if you think about it, after you, you manufacture bricks, you have to hold it all the way up. So it became, you know, it became a time that, that people, you know, when it gets really high, a brick is worth a lot. It's, it's weight in gold it was worth. So if a brick goes really high up, imagine how much time, you know, it, it says over there, and the question is, can you understand this literally or not, but I'll tell you anyways, the, it says that once the tower, tower was, was complete at its peak, in order to climb from the top, bottom to the top, it would take you a year to climb up. A year of, of climbing. Um, so if you think about it, the, the height of it, if you're carrying a brick all the way up there and it falls off like halfway through, you're like, you know, wow, this is like a tremendous... So they cared more about bricks than people. And that's why, you know, this is a very famous midrash. People know that, you know, if people fell down from the tower because they were working very high up and they fell to their deaths, they didn't blink an eyelash. They're like, okay, was the brick safe? Is that okay? And they, because they they focused, it was more, if a brick died, if a brick died. If a brick fell off, 
they mourned in it. They're like, oh my gosh, a brick fell off. What are we going to have to do over here? So the, the focus was completely on the tower, nothing about uh, the, on, the, on the human side of things. Five people were, you know, defied Nimrod and went away from the whole creating and the building of this, uh, of this tower. So, uh, from the whole world? From the whole world. Avraham was one of them. And he actually went and he actually gave them Musa. He's like, what are you guys doing? Are you serious? You're fighting against God? Are you, can you understand the, 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 the idiocracy that you're dealing with? And they were like, uh, he says, he says, what? So they told him back. He says, well, you consider yourself a loyal servant uh, to God? He's like, yeah, I am. So he says, then why did he create you barren? You can't have any kids. There's a question. Some says that he was even created without any um, um, reproductive organs. Avraham. So Avraham says, I accept it. So the people answered, well, we don't. And that's what we're building this tower. And no much how much they, you know, Abraham gave the Musa, they didn't listen. Noach, Shem, and Evel also, you know, rebelled and they didn't, they, didn't, they rejected the, 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 this whole thing. And Ashur also rejected. Ashur is Assyria. He actually moved away. When we said the story of Yonah, this is why the, the Nineveh, he came from Ashur. This is why, you guys remember that story? A bunch of blank faces. Um, so the... Oh, I forgot. I didn't speak over here tonight. Oh, yeah. Okay, that that makes more sense. Okay, okay. I forgot. I only I didn't speak about over here. So um, the the story of Nineveh, they didn't. Get, they did a lot of, of sins, but they didn't destroy. They didn't get destroyed like Saddam. Now the question is, why didn't they get destroyed? Why did they have the opportunity for Yonah to go and rebuke them? And the answer was because of their ancestor Ashul, because he left from the Tower of Babel. So in that merit, they were able to get Yonah to come and and rebuke them. Okay, a few more minutes and we're done. The Shem and Evel, they went into seclusion. They went into seclusion and served off of seclusion. Noach went and he went, paid his attention to the land. He cultivated the, the land again. Only Abraham was the one who was fiercely, you know, fighting against him. And he was 48 years old at the time. Uh, Noach was 940 years old at the time. So, Noach was still alive? Yeah. Wait, shouldn't they all listen to him because they all came from him? Do you know like children that don't listen to their parents? Or grandparents or great-grandparents or great-great-great-great-great-great-parents? <laughs> so they didn't, they didn't listen to him. Noah obviously had something to, if he's able to give Rachel, and they actually mean something. Yeah, but it's interesting because it, it says that he didn't even, he didn't associate with them. He was just like on the side, I mean, like he didn't even, only Abraham was one who was out, uh, out, outspoken about oh, it. Did he get punished for that? No, problem? no, it doesn't say that. But, um, the, so what happened was that eventually Hashem, you know, decided, once they actually cut up, you know, it's, it's funny because I re- remember reading this years ago, but I haven't read it now when I was looking at it, that they actually shot out bows and arrows into the heavens when they got to the top, and God made a miracle that it came down bloody. Like, as if they were fighting God and they were winning. So, I don't remember. I was looking at it now, and I couldn't find the source for that. But I remember re- reading this, uh, you know, a while back. But in any case... I don't remember. That's a, that was a... Yeah, <laughs> I was looking for it also. So, it was, it was a while ago. But anyways, so... Hashem decided that, you know, now he's gonna to have to separate them and he's gonna to have to punish them. So what did he do? He, uh, first of all, he, sep- he sent out an angel to, uh, well, a bunch of angels to go and to separate the, spread out their languages. The language, they all spoke Lashon HaKodesh. And then it, you know, like, they all spoke Lashon HaKodesh, same dialect. You know, like, yeah, like Spanish, you have like 7,000 dialects, that, like, they're all Spanish. You know, like, and you have like, Chinese, forget about it, like, Chinese don't understand each other, but they're like, oh no, it's a different dialect, I'm sorry. I'm like, you, you both sound like you're screaming, you sure you can hear each other? Like, you know, it's like, just, you can't make out some words, and they can try as hard, some of them don't, have no clue. It's Chinese to them also, it's like, they have no idea what's going on. So, not only did everybody have the same language, they all had the same dialect, so they got along very well. And this is possibly why the technology that they had back then was able to go so fast, so far, because everybody was united, everybody was working together, everybody was able to communicate. So, all of a sudden, there was complete confusion. Like, someone started speaking Spanish, there's like, hola. 
And, it, and, it, and the guy's like, what do you do? Oh, he, pass me the brick. And he's like, oh, senor, dude. You know, like, I don't know. He gives him a shovel. So, yeah, brick. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, no, it's like, are you making fun? And they, they start, they ask for one product, they give a different product. He says, no, this is what it means in my language. This is what it means in my language. And they ended up getting into like a bloody war from it. You know, they're like getting furious. It's like, what are you making fun of me? And, you know, like road rage on the mountain. And they, they, it was like, it was a civil war. It was, there was blood flowing everywhere. Besides that, there was also a, uh, a hailstorm that came down from above that, that just started knocking people from the top of the, of the tower down. And there was also a tidal wave that came down from the bottom part of the ocean. So what happened was to the actual tower, so the top third of the tower was destroyed in flames. The lower third actually sank into the ground. And the middle third remained so that, you know, as, as a reminder of what happens when people, um, when people have a, you know, rebel against, against God. So, so I don't know. So I can't, but it's something very interesting because it must have been really tall. Does it still exist now? Did it go and, and uh, um, you know, it was in the area of Babel. That's where it was, in Shinar, in that area. So the, um, and it says even the remaining third, to tell you how high it was, if you were to stand on the top of the remaining third, the third of it, the trees look like tiny grasshoppers. That's how high you are. And there's also, the Mamlos brings down that just the third, you could walk in its shade for three days. That's how big the tower, the tower actually was. So, the punishment was, was dished out based on what their intention was for the tower. The people that wanted to go and live up there, they were spread out to the entire world. The people that wanted to worship idols, they got their names, uh, their, their languages all sp- uh, spread out, uh, split up. And the people that wanted to do battle with God, here's the part that you guys are going to love, they turned into apes, demons, and that type of uh, creatures. Well, so that's yeah. where evolution maybe comes in? Well, it's backwards. It's reverse right. evolution, yeah. But even beforehand, we spoke about it. I think they look more, they look more yeah, exactly. So it's possible also um, where they might have gotten wrong. But the whole evolution theory, I'm going to give a class on that once um, because yeah. Anyways, um, it is it is on those. So the it's right. So the, so Shem, the descendants of Shem, they they settled in the area of Asia. Ham settled in the area of Africa, and Yefes in the area of uh, Europe. And now, where is America? America is more European. Shem was in Asia. So the, so what happened was, it's something very interesting. So you know what's called Bavel? Bavel, where we know it now, it comes from Bilbul. Bilbul is to mix up, because God mixed them all up. That's why the name became Bavel. And this is where the dispersion, um, you know, ended, and they all went into their own, uh, you know, lives. But what we see over here, you know, the, one of the main lessons that you can learn from this thing is the fact that, like, God sends punishment if you do bad things. And don't be like the idiots and the fools who be like, oh, this is a coincidence. Be like, no, it's nothing is coincidence. There's no such thing as coincidence. If something happened to you, there's a reason for it. And if you don't wake up, another, another, you know, little reminder is going to come your way. And the reminders get louder and stronger and harsher, and you don't want that. You don't want that. You want to tell God, no need for reminders. I'm going to do chuba. I'm going to come back full force. I'm going to do what I need to do. And this way, Bizarre Hashem, we won't have any more reminders, and we won't need any more floods or any rainbows also as well. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.